How's it going? I'm Gabriel Menchaca. Um, this is the final installment in the four-part series, Surrender, Surround, Stir, and Share. And so we get to this part of share, to share the gospel. Uh, one of the things that we clearly see Jesus point out to us is the Great Commission. Now that's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So there's an account in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that I want to share with you that basically outlines this idea of surrender, surround, stir, and share. And so I don't think it's intentional in the way that it's um, drawn out or played out. For example, the idea of surrendering, we present in in this model of this four-part series that it's an action that we take ourselves to say, I'm surrendering my life. But we pick up where these two uh, these two figures in the Bible, uh, Paul and Silas, they have actually been jailed. And so this idea of surrendering is clearly portrayed in this uh, action of being in jail. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 25 through 34, and it says this, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So we want to kind of break this down into a few different areas. Number one, talking about how they, they were in prison, they were in jail. So and it says in verse 25, and about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. There are two things we can pull away from this. It's number one, that there's a worship and prayer are two of the most powerful things we can do in that time of surrender to come to that place of worshiping God, to praying to him and really identifying that those are two specific things that we do in that place of surrender. We worship God and we pray to him. And that's identifying that place of surrender. They were in prison, they were in jail. And, and this kind of like thought of being surrendered to God is literally going to that place of saying, I'm surrendering all I have. If we surrender to the police, if we surrender to the authorities and, and turn ourselves in, this is the idea. We're surrendering to God. And in that, uh, he gave them freedom when they began worshiping and praying. And then on top of that, uh, it says not only were they freed, but everyone in that prison, that they were all there in freedom. And, And this was because of the worship and prayer that was happening. And then we go further into verse 27. It says this, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
So the jailer, uh, basically, if any of the prisoners were to escape, they would be put to death. It was a very dishonorable thing because he basically had one job, and that was to guard the prisoners. So when he found out that basically everything was open, everything was wide open, uh, he went to kill himself. And so the jailer knew that his life only mattered if his if he was accomplishing the assignment or task he had. So it's kind of like this idea that... Um, Many people have defined themselves by their career or their role in life. And, and a lot of times um, there's a task or something that, that we put at this valuable uh, place that we kind of define our lives by it. I'm, I'm successful if I achieve X. I'm a successful person if I'm able to get to that uh, point A. I'm a successful person if I have the correct bank account. You know, all these things that, that we can define ourselves with uh, based around a task or, or something. And so we have this jailer who was defined by that. And then the very thing he was defined by, he failed at. And in that failure, uh, we see him try to commit suicide. And, and, <laughs> Paul, and Paul calls out to him and, and says, we're all here. He, he calls out to the jailer to say, stop, we're all here. And when we get back to that place of surrender, we know that we surrender our lives to God. And that in that surrendering, we see freedom come to those around us because they begin to see that we are gods, that we don't belong to anything else anymore. We go further in verse 31, it says this, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. 32, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. So this surrender, surround, uh, stir, uh, we, we see this happening, that there's this miraculous thing that happens in, in uh, what they're doing, the prayer and the worship, and something gets stirred up and they, the ground literally shakes and people become free. And, and then we get to this other place where uh, they start sharing to this jailer. They, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now the jailer asked, what must I do to be saved? And they responded. They shared what they knew and they spoke the word of the Lord to him, meaning they sat down and they, they went through scripture with him. And it, if it was modern day context, it's like pulling out a Bible, pulling out your phone and sharing the scripture with somebody who, who knows nothing about it. And that's why the beginning parts of surrender and surround yourself with biblical truth are so vital. And then we get to that stir place and, and we, we know we, we have surrendered to, to Jesus. We have surrendered our lives. We have surrounded ourselves with biblical truth truths, meaning we know the Bible and we stir our, the gift that is in us and whatever thing we're doing. And we begin to share the gospel. We begin to share the Christ that is in us, the Holy Spirit that is living within us. And as soon as God moved, uh, you see Paul and Silas, they, God moved. And, and as soon as he moved, they were given this audience with the jailer's household. So it went from being in jail to being at the, the jailer's house, speaking to his family. So the audience came after their surrendered lives were worshiping and praying. Sharing the gospel is always going to be a private experience that's uh, the Holy Spirit moving through the speaker and the person receiving the word. And 
it doesn't matter if it is a large audience and it doesn't matter if it's one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I've heard testimonies of people getting saved through watching a television show or seeing a video on YouTube. I've seen these, uh, these men who came to Christ through a WhatsApp message. I've been around some of these people and I know this, that when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, anybody could be talking and you just know that it's for you. You just know the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so we know this, that in sharing the gospel, it is sharing biblical truths with people right where they are. It's sharing biblical truths with people right where they are. And verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And so we see this play out in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus gives us the great commission. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and look behold I am with you always to the end of the age I have seen a common practice of people claiming to be Christians uh, yet they are not able to communicate what the gospel actually is and it is good news for the soldier who wanted to kill himself when when Paul and Silas they shared the word of God with the jailer and this good news was not just that this man didn't have to kill himself. It was that he had a new life he could live. And this is the message of the gospel, the good news. It is the person uh, uh, that, that is just part of a broken society and, and they can't find hope. They can't find hope in everything. This over there is broken. This over there is broken. That side is this. That side is that. And, and we have all these troubles and we have no hope. And the good news is that there is hope. The message of the gospel is that there is hope in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest stories of the gospel explained in like a, a modern day concept or, or a contemporary context is, is this idea of that if, if I was in a courtroom and the courtroom was filled with, you know, the judge, the lawyers, uh, the jury, and then all my friends and all my family. And somehow the judge got a hold of every single sin I've ever done in my life and began playing a video in front of everybody showing every single sin I have ever done. Every lie I ever said, everything I ever stole, every corrupt thought I ever had in my mind, every lustful thought, everything that went through uh, my heart and my head and just began playing all these, these sins, uh, the, these things that I have done in front of everybody in that room. I think the judge at the end would probably say it's clear to everyone that you're guilty. And let's just say the penalty of sin is death. In that courtroom, I would be defined as guilty. And as the judge is about to give the sentencing, uh, Jesus walks in from the back, opens the door, comes in, takes the handcuffs off me, uh, cuffs himself and then says, Gabriel, you're free to go. And, and there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be done. He just says, leave, I'm taking your place. This is the good news. This is the gospel that Jesus comes in and everything you're guilty of, everything that you have done, Jesus comes in and takes that punishment for you and says, you're free. Walk out those doors. Go and sin no more. 
This is the gospel. This is the good news that in what he has done for all of us is he has given us a new life, a new chance, an opportunity to start again. And and the reality of the good news and the gospel being shared is that it is shared from a place of knowing what Christ did for me, what Christ did for you. Share the gospel. Surrender your life to him. Surround yourself with biblical truths. Stir the gift that is in you and share the gospel.